This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. This new book, which is amazing, near and dear to my heart, Isn't Her Grace Amazing? The Women Who Changed Gospel Music. Let me welcome to The Karen Hunter Show, for the first time, it should not be the last, the great thank Cheryl you. Wills. Welcome. Oh, welcome. Karen, thank you. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan of yours. You're a longtime journalist that goes way back and a trailblazer. So I, it's an honor to be here with you. That's humbling, you know, but I appreciate that. Back at you. You know, um, Tracy Sherrod, uh, great editorial director at the time uh, at Amistad, who's now moving on to another place that I don't think I could. I don't, did it? Was it announced yet? I don't know. Was it announced? That she I don't, think, I don't okay. think it's public. Well, we won't say yeah. nothing else, but she's going someplace yeah. else to do great things. <laughs> and I was committed because she put so much into yeah. our stories from Black Fortunes. We had um, um, the great Mrs. Elias uh, author on. I'm just looking over my shoulder. All of the books about Cho- Tony Morrison, Miss Chloe. Uh, you don't know us Negroes. We're doing Barracoon yep. uh, in yep. Office Hours with Dr. Gray Carr. We're finishing that up tonight in Nubia at eight o'clock. And I was like, I got to have this book on because like you, you. I didn't grow up in the church church, but every Sunday night in the Hunter household on rotation, gospel (laughs) music, everyone from Dorothy Norwood to Shirley Caesar, of course, James Cleveland, mass (laughs) choirs, all of that. While we play cards, which I'm sure (laughs) on somebody's table, that would be a little conflict of interest. But that's what we did every Sunday in my household. I love it. I love it. And, you know, this music is part of our culture. Right. And the women who sang gospel had to fight two fronts. They had to fight racism, Karen. And they also had to fight men who thought they were out of their place. And I'm so glad you opened your amazing show with Sister Rosetta Tharp because she was born in Cotton Plant, Arkansas, in the thick of Jim Crow when a Black girl wasn't supposed to do nothing but be barefoot and pregnant. And she instead grabbed a guitar and sang with all of her glory. And people looked at her like, well, you're playing a man's instrument. And she said, well, it's mine now. And she ended up, Karen and Renee, setting the soundtrack, the first rhythms for rock and roll. Elvis Presley, kissed her ring. Chuck Berry kissed her ring. Little Richard kissed her ring. And she today is a godmother of rock and roll and in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So these women were pioneers. They were trailblazers. And I can't tell you how much of an honor it is to amplify their legacies because Karen and Renee, who was talking about these women before this book? Exactly. I was going to ask you, you know, wh- why did you want to to write the book? Is it because they hadn't been talked about? They these are women who actually deserve a place in history, not a footnote, but That's an it. actual place. And and we weren't sort of hearing that. We weren't seeing that. Is that what what sort of drove you to write this? That's exactly right. And you know, I've been getting so much reaction. There's so much enthusiasm about the book. And the first thing I tell people is. Who's talking about Clara Ward anymore? You love Aretha? Well, guess what? Clara Ward taught Aretha everything she knew. Who's talking about Mahalia Jackson, the queen mother who Martin Luther King kissed Mahalia Jackson's ring? Anywhere he was, he wanted Mahalia to be there on the mic singing to 
set off the crowd, if you will. I'm going to put a church finger up on this. I'm going to put a church finger. It was Mahalia. (laughs) It was Mahalia who was standing behind Martin Luther King and said, because the night before he gave that same, I have a dream. Tell him about the dream, Martin. Tell him about the dream. 1963. That was Mahalia Jackson. Yep, that was Mahalia Jackson. And she had started from a long way back and fought. she sang what's called fish and grits. That was that was their term, fish and grits for more than a decade before she finally made it big. Go the Chitlin circuit, if you will, where she's just going from church to church, people just throwing little nickels and dimes at her. And then finally she hit it and she never forgot the struggle. She never forgot that she couldn't walk in the front door of restaurants. She couldn't forget that she couldn't go into a regular bathroom. She had to go in the colored woman's bathroom. So when she finally made it, she said, King, I'm with you. I'm down with you no matter what, because we got to put an end to this. You know, a lot of people were afraid during this time to back King. People forget that. They think, you know, we look at it now through rose-colored glasses and we think everybody was down with King. Everybody wasn't down with King. Some people were very afraid. Mahalia was not afraid. She made her voice heard in song and in protests. Her name is Cheryl Mills. Wills, excuse me, Cheryl Wills. NY number one for New York one, because y'all in New York, y'all all all know who she is, right? (laughs) Cheryl Wills, NY one for New York one. Um, as I'm going through these stories, uh, mm-hmm. some names we know, yeah. some names I don't know. So I'm like, okay, uh, Mahalia, everyone should know Mahalia Jackson. But right. who, is, who is Sally Martin? I'm happy to tell you, Sally Martin, if you remember the movie, Say Amen Somebody, this movie captured Sally Martin and Thomas Dorsey as the pioneers of gospel music. Here's what Sally Martin did. She realized, now we're talking the 1920s and 30s, okay, just when the golden age of gospel was about to take off, where the soul stirrers and the Dixie hummingbirds and everybody was about to make a big splash because now Black people can afford to buy records, right? So Sally Martin was like, y'all making all this music and you just giving it away. What's wrong? We need to get sheet music. We need to have trademarks. We need to have copyrights. We need to get to the business of gospel. We need to organize these choirs. Sally Martin did that. And if you watch the film, and most people who really are down with gospel have seen Say Amen Somebody, which came out around 1980-81, you see her there with Thomas Dorsey, who is considered the father of gospel music as we know it. He's a former blues guy who became a gospel singer. And she's sitting there right with him. And it was Sally Martin at the side of this gospel pioneer who said, let's bring order. We giving our music away. We can't keep doing this. And so from Sally Martin came the golden age of gospel where there was order, where now there's sheet music, where now you can't just take my song that I arranged and sing it and pretend it's yours. So mm-hmm. Sally Martin was an incredible pioneer, has not been talked about since she died in the 80s. Mm. which I found to be an incredible tragedy. That's why she's in the queen mother section. Yeah. You know what I mean? Travesty. Yeah. It's a travesty. You are the, the granddaughter of a gospel singer. So really this is, this is, a passion project for you. This is in your, in your veins, in your soul. It is in my DNA, Renee. It is in my DNA. So my grandmother was Sister Wills. Mm. 
And she went from storefront church to storefront church, including her own. She never made it big. But wherever Sister Will sang, you never forgot her. She was disciplined. She was raised by a woman who trained gospels. And she was really an enormous, she had an amazing vocal range. And most importantly, she had the passion. And if you go on my YouTube channel, I put a little clip. I used to record her on my cassette recorder as a little kid because I was like, every time my grandmother gets up to testify and sing, all these people faint and fall out in the church and, and are getting the Holy Ghost. And what is she doing? You know, I'm four or five years old, but I didn't realize the power of what she was singing. You see all the women, the majority of women in this book, with the exception of the last chapter, where we're talking about people our age and younger, you know, these women transition. These are the granddaughters of enslaved people. Mm. These are women who really went through hell. These are women, many of whom were abused by their husbands, abandoned by their husbands. They were treated as the lowest American third, not even second class, third class. But when they grabbed the mic to sing Precious Lord, Take My Hand, when they grabbed that mic to sing Amazing Grace, they changed the air in the room because they were singing from the same area where they birthed their babies. They were singing from a part of their soul where you understood and you had to rise and salute because you know, if this woman made it to this stage, she had to fight quite a fight to get there. Mm. Men were making them like a novelty. It would be, say, the Soul Stirrers, the Dixie Hummingbirds, the Swan Silver Tones, and then, oh, let's have a little woman sing a little solo. And those women were like, we're going to show you who's little. Right. And so, <laughs> and, Here's and your little song. We're going to show you. You better recognize your mother when you see her. And so when you look at, you know, Summer of Soul, you sisters remember yes. Summer of Soul? Did yes. you see Mahalia Jackson yes. singing on that hot stage in Harlem? And if you pay close attention, she died a couple of years after that was she filmed. was not well. She was that's right, Karen. She was not well. And every time she sang a little bit, she had to go and sit down on the piano. Her yeah. body was racked with pain. She sat at the piano stool. And she handed the mic off to Mavis Staples as if to yeah. say, you young, you take this mic now because Haley, that's what she called herself. And she can't rock it like she used to. But for the little time that she did sing, she sang with her whole being. You understand? Even the wig was shaken. The whole body was shaken. And that's what these women gospel singers did. They sang with their whole being because they had to overcome a lot just to be heard. Oh, I love your passion. Love your passion, Cheryl. Thank you. You know, this is my heart and soul. And I saw people, you know, my grandfather was a pastor and he had his guitar and my grandmother was on the piano. My father was the deacon and my uncle Van was also the guitarist. So after we copied all these singers, male and female, we would go upstairs and play the real deal <laughs> on, the, on the Peacock records. So, you know, I know these women are household names for me. But when I realized that for all they did and all they accomplished, when they died, 
their legacy died with them. I said, no, no. I want to thank you, Lord, for giving me what little influence you gave, because the book I want to write is about these queens who helped make gospel music what it was. They will not be footnotes anymore. Mm. 866-801-8255. Cheryl. Cheryl is here. She is here. I, Cheryl Wills, can you sing? You sound like you got a little... You know, little, I ah, wish, you, guys. you know, I wish I could. And listen, Karen, I sat on the piano stool with my grandmother and she was singing up a storm. I couldn't have been no closer unless I was in her lap. Do you know I can't sing? Do you, <laughs> I don't you believe know it. I can't play I the piano? I don't, I, I, I don't know how it missed me, but I always say I'm, I was the brains of the bunch. <laughs> I was the one. <laughs> I was the one that was the organizer. You know, I was the one that was like organizing the church programs and all the church socials and making making sure everybody was in place. You know, but I, I unfortunately I cannot sing. But you can write, and, I, that, and there you that's, go. We all got a lane. Thank you, Renee. Uh-huh. I, I know that's true. I, I write. <laughs> so as I'm looking, I remember for those of you, there's a song um, from the disco era. I think it was a disco era called Fall Down. Yeah. Where she talks about blood and fire, billows of smoke coming down. Yeah. Now, that song, but there's a club song. Like it's yeah. in that club music uh, era where people would be dancing with a, uh, I'm not saying I was one, but with a rag in the back <laughs> of their pocket because you were sweating, you get your sweat on. That song, gospel song, Tremaine Hawkins. Tremaine Hawkins. You got her, not yeah. in crossover, because that was a huge club song, Fall Down. Y'all, those of you who used to be at, you know, Club 88 or, you know, one of them clubs in Newark back in the day, you would know that song right up there with Colonel Abrams and all of that. But That's it was a right. gospel song, and there were a lot of gospel songs that crossed over into club songs back in that era. That's right. That's right. And Cece Winans is the one on the cover. So, you know, Tremaine Hawkins is dynamic, and she did, you know, it wasn't new what she did. Aretha did it. Aretha did it. You know, she was singing gospel from a child, and when she crossed over into R&B, it was like, oh, my goodness. But before her, Sam Cooke did it. So, you know, there was always this tug of war for gospel singers. The, the staple singers did it. You know what I mean? So you, you can't ignore them because they're still a part of this gospel legacy. But like Tremaine Hawkins, she became a golden girl with the Edwin Hawkins singers with Oh Happy Day. That album stands the test of time. That album is revolutionary. Mm -hmm. And her delivery and her talent on it and the way she expressed herself. But then, of course, she did cross over and do her thing. So, you know, we try, we don't judge, right? Because no. talent is talent. No, right. I, I, I bring but, that up to say, you know, genres and yeah. all. We were talking before you got here. Uh, yeah. First, first hour about Viola Davis and her book. And oh, yeah. we were talking about, you know, the bullying. But what we did yeah. talk about was what happened when she got home with her, her parents yeah. uh, and the violence that she was raised and the poverty and the rats and the piss and the, all yeah. of the things to come through. And for yeah. her, it was the, the escape of, you know, performance. And exactly. that's, that was her way for a lot of these women. And I'm looking at their backstories, yeah. Yeah. some, some brutality, definitely violence. You're talking about the oh. wake of, of, of not just Jim Crow, but enslavement, Police, exactly. We couldn't call the cops in the backwoods of Cotton Pick, Mississippi, when, That's right. when granddaddy was whooping grandmother within an inch of her life. That's there was nobody right. to come rescue us. 
Uh, and a right. lot of these women found solace in the music. Uh, and, and I so think true. there's, um, if, if we can just spend a minute, uh, the, the duality or the duplicity of praising a, a, a Jesus mm. while, while living through hell. Do you That's know, right. like, how do we, how do we reconcile that? Because a lot of these stories have yeah. have a backdrop of some horror. And you know, one of those stories, Karen, you put that beautifully. And one of those stories that epitomizes what you just said is that of Clara Ward. Clara Ward was one of the most famous gospel singers in the country, bar none. She toured with. Reverend C.L. Franklin. C.L. Franklin was the T.D. Jakes of his day. Before T.D. Jakes, there was he was so bad that he used to make albums just of his sermons. Okay, he didn't even have to sing. His preaching became an album. But Clara Ward was sexually abused as a child, according to biographers. Clara Ward was. Um, she had a very difficult life. She suffered with alcoholism, depression. And when she went on Flip Wilson, you would never know because she had that wig set just so and that tambourine and that dancing and singing. And when she sang packing up, getting ready to go, you didn't know that Clara Ward was packing up in her heart and getting ready to go. She was burdened by this life that we call living. It was hard for her. It was hard for her on the road. And it was hard for her to live in a country that devalued her. And when she traveled all over the world, you know, you look at the pictures of Clara Ward in this book, you'll see her in Denmark. <laughs> you'll see her all over Europe. And you have to wonder, what did she think when she went to Europe and was treated better than the way she was in her home country, right? Yeah. So to your point, I appreciate you pointing that out because I think these amazing women would want everyone to remember the hard road they walked. They lived hard and they sang hard. Mm -hmm. And when you see Mahalia singing with all her might, and, and her whole body shaken, you need to know that she was dirt poor, born dirt poor. And when she made it, she didn't forget where she came from. And that's the case for so many of these women who migrated to the, you know, this, this is our story. Y'all know that gospel song, this is my story. This is my song, praising my, that's what I signed this book. This is our story. Yeah. And this is our song from, enslavement to Jim Crow to the so-called freedom that we have now, these women exemplified it in song. And so that's why I think the legacies of these incredible women is just so precious and we can't let the world forget them. At all, not at all. And I also think, you know, while you're talking about what they got out of singing, I think there is also a a comfort in the shorthand that is saying that they sang yeah. for the masses, for the rest of us who weren't, who didn't have a microphone, yeah. who didn't have access like they did. And so their stories, it was like affirming their, their stories were also being heard. They were being validated. There was yeah. a lot of that as well. No. Yes, exactly. Right. Renee, you know, 
Willie Mae Ford Smith is someone else whose legacy was lost that most people don't know her name, but she was a dynamic woman. And you see an interview with her in that Say Amen Somebody. That's like the definitive gospel documentary. And you'll see how she's explaining what it was like to try to raise a family while being a gospel star and you see her children and you can see that just the weight. you ever look at somebody and you could just see the weight that they're carrying. Well, you could see even in that documentary, the weight mother Willie Mae Ford Smith is carrying. And she was the big leader with the National Gospel Convention of America. She was very influential, but when it boiled all down and it came to her being a mother and a wife, it was not easy. So these women walked a very difficult path, but they, and this is how I eulogized my grandmother when she died in 2019. I said, Sister Wills, never let anyone steal her joy. No matter what, when she sang, you wouldn't know there was a thing ever wrong in her life. And that is consistent with every woman selected in this book. They did not let this world steal their joy. Cheryl Wills is here. Renee Seiler. Veronica is calling from Queens. You're on the Karen Hunter Show. Hi. Hi. Good afternoon. I am buying this book, number one. Number Thank two, you, Veronica. Wells, I am so proud of you. I have all the other books that you've written. Thank you. And I really am happy because you tell our history. Yes, you tell ma'am. Your mother, you've told your father's history, yeah. your great-great-grandfather's history. You yeah. don't know me, but I've read your books. Thank you. And you are amazing. Oh, thank you. That, I can't tell you how you so got me excited. tearing up here. My sister from Queens, you know, I'm born and bred in Queens. So I, I appreciate it. I am so excited. I'm so excited to just hearing you tell us about this book makes thank me you. excited to buy it and see it and read it. I appreciate I, you so much. You, it's available on Amazon. It's wherever books are sold. Yeah, we, we tweeted. We've tweeted it out, and I've retweeted it. Thank so you. it's easy enough to find. Isn't her grace amazing? And all her other books uh, as well. Uh, thank you, Veronica. Thank appreciate you, Veronica. You. Thank you. All right, uh, Bishop in Pennsylvania, you're on. We got a couple of minutes. Well, Welcome. Uh, all right, sister. Thank you for uh, uh, writing that book. I tell you what, that Rosetta thought was a. Hey, that was a bad sister. I know uh, Professor Clark liked the uh, Professor Hunter liked the Clark sisters, but before them, yeah. before all of them, it was Rosetta Thorpe in the Church of God in Christ. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, just just to be clear, right. sir, I like all of them. Okay, <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just like again when I'm looking at this list uh, of women that you you celebrate, there are a few that I'm not familiar with. But yes, you, you, even the Drinkard sisters, cause I'm from Newark. I'm my, my father's from Newark. I'm from New Jersey. Of course, we yeah. Houston grew up in, in Sissy and them, any stars, not too far from me. So the Drinkard yeah. sisters were also household name in my house, even That's though right. they may not be a household name nationally. So you, you go obscure in this. Absolutely. And deliberately so. The drink art singers, you know, they're connected to Dionne Warwick and Dionne Warwick gave me an incredible interview. She said, I want you to get this right. This is my family. These are the people I sat around as a child admiring. And I was like, it is my honor to bring. And you know, I could feel Dionne Warwick is a global star. Okay. And even she was like, 
I had all these amazing singers in my family and nobody talks about them at all. And I said, that's exactly why I'm doing this book. And the brother that came on, thank you for pointing that out about Sister Rosetta Tharp. She was an amazing and a blessed woman. And the other thing about, she's my favorite in this whole book. There have been, I'm waiting for the Broadway play to happen of Sister Rosetta Tharp because she was phenomenal in every way. And she defied every kind of limitation anyone put on her and she was a church girl just like he said and she grew up to be a dynamic performer and let me tell you a little fun thing real quick I know we're running out of time when she got married the second time she had it at a stadium charged tickets and did a concert after she gave her vows so that's the kind of a woman that she was she was part show woman and part holy ghost I so love that. and 100% and entrepreneur yeah, 100% <laughs> entrepreneur. I love, I mean, but that I think is the story arc of a lot of these people that you highlighted. Yes. You you talk about, you know, Aretha Franklin. Uh, you talked about um, uh, uh, Mahalia Jackson coming from abject poverty was able to fund the civil yeah. rights movement. She funded. Yeah. She helped fund the civil yes, rights. She and Harry Belafonte. So like yes, somehow did. they figured this out. Mm. Through their That's voice. right. They did That's figure it out and they did not turn their back and be clear. There were some famous black folks that wanted nothing to do with it. I think famously yeah. Nat King Cole, um, Dr. King would call him all the time. And he was like, listen, <laughs> I'm just you messing with my money. I'm, until <laughs> Nat King Cole got attacked on stage by a white person. And then he realized, oh, now I, now I understand wow. why, you know, we're all in this together. And then he did come around. But, you know, these women in this book, they were, they were, courageous and they were blessed and highly favored yes, and this book celebrates them in the most beautiful way and it's just my honor to amplify the hard work that they did we will not let it die no and we will we not what, listen we got story. one more minute hold on cheryl one more minute the davis <laughs> sisters really quickly who are they Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. These on, sisters Pennsylvania. were Holy Ghost sisters. Now, I was I was raised in a Holy Ghost filled fire baptized church. And when you look at the Davis sisters, you will see you will not see makeup. You will not see wigs. These sisters were holy and they could sing like fire coming down. They sang the way my grandmother sang. You understand? And when I tell you I tracked down one nephew, I said, you're aunt was Ruth, please. We're trying to find people to talk about these. They're all gone now, sadly. And he told me that they were just plain Holy Ghost singers. They were not in, in they were not in, interested in the showmanship. They were laser focused on getting people saved. And that is reflected in their music. These sisters, blood sisters from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And if those who get the book, the family gave me a picture of them as little kids, which is priceless. One girl is even holding a little doll. And I was just like, this is a blessing to bring their stories back to life. Isn't her grace amazing? The women who changed gospel music, Cheryl Wills, isn't she amazing? Thank you for being here today. I appreciate you. 